Tim Hunzi, partner in Parallel Music Publishing and AIMP board member. Welcome to the Nashville Pubcast. Today we have some of our favorite clips from Lee Miller, Luke Laird, Allison Jones, and Ashley Gorley, where we discuss unique company cultures that you can learn from and utilize in your own company. I got another uh, a good question here that uh, you've been through. I, we used to call it at the old ham scene. We called it boot camp when we signed young riders. And it's a little different today because of the turn-in systems a little different. But as we prepared for sessions, the riders all sit on the couch and play us all their new songs. And we decide which ones we're going to be on a session. So a key element that I would uh, uh, want to approach you and go, what's the best way to approach being crit- critiqued and and being told to rewrite like that's a big thing that's it's going it's probably the hardest thing you guys do spend hours on a song then come in and lay it in front of somebody and have them maybe tear it apart well this goes back to the trust um it's hard because you know typically publishers are not writers um so it's easy for a writer to get kind of all you know puffed up and say well you don't really know we never want to be told that it's not great. We we don't really come in asking you to tell us if it's good or not. We come in pretending that that's what we want, but really what we want you to say is, oh, my God, you're brilliant. Yes, please, immediately proceed. Um, and we all have to find a way to uh, to get out of that. We have to accept the fact that we're entirely too close to it to really know. I, I don't know... Uh, I guess maybe there are some, but as a rule, I, I, it's not that we don't know if it's good or bad. I think that you get to a point where you're writing the songs and they're written correctly, you know. So correctly is fine. Then the question is, okay, if the publisher says, the publisher may say, I don't understand the second verse, and you explain it to them. Maybe it's my own lack of confidence but when I, from the beginning, I felt like if I have to explain it to you, it's wrong. You know, um, so anytime, even if it frustrates me, even if I'm thinking, oh my God, you're such a moron. It's so obvious what it says. You didn't get it the first time you heard it. That's a problem. guys together decided to open creative nation and get into mm-hmm. the publishing but i'm really intrigued like i'm always intrigued when a writer decides to make that leap what, yeah. what what inspired you to decide you wanted to do that i mean probably a few different things first of all i know you don't want me to say this but to, to be completely honest um, i've seen lots of writers go off and start their own thing you know once they have some hits get success then you're like well i can do this you know um, and some can, but but the majority of us writers aren't wired to 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 run and operate a business and be creative at the same time. Some are really good at it, very few. Um, so I know that what I'm good at and what I'm not good at, and I think my time is best spent in the studio and writing songs. Um, 
However, I do have an interest in new songwriters and I'm a fan of music. So I'm always like listening to what's the next thing or um, I don't just listen to my own songs. I love hearing the, the what's the new fresh thing. So it was kind of the, you know, Beth and I were married. Um, we had always talked about she'd been at BMI for five years. And I think we were just both at a place where we could we just felt like let's if we're going to try it, we didn't have any kids yet. Let's let's try this now. <laughs> she is very smart. I mean, she learned more. She learned the music business faster in six months being a receptionist than I did in four and a half years going yeah. to college for it. So she just has that gift. She really does. But she's also knows songs, and I'm not just saying that because she's my wife. Because if she didn't, it would be really hard, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and she doesn't just love everything that I do. Um, that's why I pr- really don't usually play it for her. <laughs> I just like email the songs. Like, you don't want to hear. You know, if you're a writer, you don't want to hear too much. That sucks. But I've had enough constructive criticism. Yeah. Um, but but we really, I feel like, are a great team because I do feel like I have my finger on the pulse of like what's next um as far as like trends and like creatively and so it's kind of like that that perfect uh team and and what we do really complements one another so i mean i've enjoyed it just you know working with new artists and new writers right Um, so you kind of see the it's a great balance for you having a partner with beth that can do the business and then but you are involved in the sense that you help on the creative side and, and oh, absolutely, to that. and and I and you know any writer that we sign, I definitely do the meeting and everything because, I mean, you know, like being a small company, it's you have to be very picky. I mean, there's some great writers that just wouldn't work well at our company, and you know that could probably make a lot of money for the company, but we're I mean literally just in a small space, so you have to think of the different personalities between writers and. Um, and, and the employees and all those things kind of come into play and so that's been it's been a learning curve but it's but it's been fun too um, because you learn a lot about yourself as well I think you nailed it. I think one of the important things with the, for what we both do, because sometimes people call me a and I'll just call it creative. We work in creative positions. And the key is is having a gut instinct and a nurturing instinct. Anybody ask me what a key thing is, you have to have a lot of patience and really be have kind of, I call it a servant heart, because they require a lot. And there's a reason for that, because they're gifted and they have something we don't. And they don't usually look at life the same way we do. So it's, and like you said, it's a it's a lot of roller coasters. And you don't really handle that. You you kind of even glance over the fact that you're not just dealing with artists. You have managers and agents and bosses and other people and publishers wearing you out. Is my song still on hold or is it not? <laughs> I mean, just because I always think it's a fun question to ask every A&R person I know in today's environment. Like, what's your average email inbox take in a day well i've been told i win for the most emails at big machine so i'm a winner at something (laughs) um i'm and until we recently got a new email system i was always in the red 
So I was always like, every time I'd see the IT department, I would run. Um, because I, I mean, I, I think, I'm, you know, I've been told I get as few as 200 a day, sometimes 500 emails a day. That sounds about right. Um, now, not all of those require urgent attention. Um, so people ask me my biggest struggle and obstacle. Mine is email management. And so I listen to, obviously, my boss first, emails from my, from my yeah. boss, emails from artists, um, but then songs. My favorite part of my job is listening to songs. Favorite part. I wish I could dedicate my whole day to listening to songs, but unfortunately, there's meetings, there's marketing meetings. Because also, I think a really good A&R person follows the the life of a project through. So I help, you know, like, my job isn't completely done when the record's finished. You know, I want to help carry it through. Like, I just helped Thomas Rhett get an Old Navy commercial with one of his songs. And I was just pitching a Florida Georgia Line song to a Ram, a national Ram truck commercial. And then I'm also was helping strategize, like, a Grammy campaign um, and showcases for TV and film. So my job never really, it's, it's not only just about listening to songs, but when people ask about emails and songs, those are my two biggest challenges, how to return all my emails and how to listen to all the songs that come my way. Sometimes it's challenging because I've, I've, I think there's more of you writers coming out with more of this kind of entrepreneurial spirit at the level. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see people like you and, and Frazier. And then I know you guys are rooming together or sharing the same building over there with Smack, with, yeah. with Shane and them. And yep. man, I got to say that building alone, when you walk in, you just feel it, man. It's right. got that oh, old great. school vibe to it. You know, that, that's a, per, that's a really fortunate, you know, there's history in that building and they, they renovated it so well. I knew when I was talking to Shane and Michael about that and, and I was thinking I was going to do more of an independent thing, you know, going forward with the, with tape room, then they're like, Oh, we could rent an office here. And I was like, no, I don't want to rent the whole floor, you know, so we can just have our offices there. It's perfect location. And I'm not into like rehabbing these buildings. Right. At all. So they of course made it look amazing. I knew they would. So, um, you yeah. know, that, that was great. So I, lo- I love getting into, you know, we get to run into each other, see each other. I see Shane and Josh and Michael and their, their writers, they have a great, you know, a bigger operation than we do, but a great stable of writers and monument and all that stuff. Well, people also. don't understand outside of town, I think, specifically, because I haven't seen these kind of things come together. As an example, on my end, when we moved uh, our offices, when I was uh, when my company was Mosaic Media, we moved and rented the bottom floor of Carnival, and Carnival mm-hmm. was upstairs. And I remember the L.A. and the U.K. guys were going, why would you move in with your competitor? They right. were really concerned, and I was like, yeah. you don't understand the... the." I mean, like, Frank Liddell's upstairs. Miranda Lambert and other artists that he produced are kind of come upstairs yep. and hang out, and it just creates this great vibe and energy that everybody feeds off. That's what I love oh, it's, about it's town. Happened. You know, there's been artists where Shane's like, I've got so-and-so coming in tomorrow, they come upstairs and we've we've written, you know, or, or I'll see them. You know, that that stuff can happen here because... If we if we love working together, we know we're going to get a great. Um, we do really well together, and we're going to get a great song 
at the end, you know, if we put our mind to it. So that, that's kind of the goal. It's a really cool the, – the Nashville vibe is, is definitely one of a kind when it comes to all that. You know, uh-huh. we're all – if we get beat out for a single or a song, then we're like, okay, we got to give it to the – to the other guy, you know, even if it's frustrating sometimes, it's like um, you know, we all know when when we get beat by a better song, and we, you know, most of the guys I know have no problem admitting it. Yeah, it's no. it's a really a beautiful thing, and it's great for the young writers to really see that out of the established guys because having been a part of Hamstein when you were there, you could see the the mentorship that happens when you're hanging in the copy room. And at the time, it was Tom Shapiro who was the man, and then we had Lee Miller and Monty Criswell, yeah. and they'd all just sit and talk, and it, mm-hmm. and, and you learn. If you're smart and you're paying attention as a young writer, you sit and take in those times. And that's also where those guys kind of hear and go, yeah, this guy has something to say. I might need to well, write yeah, it in. Yeah, I've taken all that, I mean, like inventory of all that in my mind. So when we, we still have our writers, our, our newer guys, everybody, anybody that wants to, but especially the, the newer guys that are just now having their hits and stuff, we'll have them come in and play songs right to us, pitch them right there on the spot. Because those are always the cool, you know, now everything's emailed everywhere and it's like, if you're not careful, you don't even listen to the song in front of the writer, you know, oh, yeah. and have kind of that moment of celebration that the song's done or that moment of truth that the song's not great you know <laughs> whatever is required i think that's an important part of uh publishing that gets left out sometimes with all the just like forwarding and going and going yeah. um you know the phone style business that it is which is fine but it's it's good to have some old school a and r meetings and some, and some you gotta uh, still boot camp it with them yeah, man i call it because i up. i've even struggled with the transition because like you said most of my writers email songs when not to get too old school, but it used to be you wrote a session. A, yeah. yeah, you would sit and, and, and to get a session, you came and played me all your work tapes, and then that's where we would critique yes. some or pick the we best. We still do that. We still do that. That's with, awesome. With ours. Yeah. I mean, not every time, you know, because a lot of the writers now produce their own stuff, so when you get it, it sounds like an amazing record. But we, there's still that element of like, hey, everything's not the same level. we we got to make sure, you know, should we demo this? Even some of our veteran writers that have had number ones, we all still trust each other, and I still – would trust Blaine, you know, Rhodes or whoever the other staff guys or Jeff, if it's like, Hey, don't forget about this one or like, ah, that doesn't do anything for me. You know? So I think that's, that's important part of being successful too, is not think you've arrived and still trusting the people you always trusted to tell you if something sucks or it's awesome. Don't forget about it. What, you know, whatever it is. So it's a, it's a fun environment. It's, it's, we're growing, but hopefully not at a, at too fast a speed. We're just, I mean, we're trying to bat a thousand. Thanks for listening to the Nashville AIMP Pubcast. For more information, check out AIMP.org or follow us at Nashville AIMP on Instagram. The Nashville AIMP would like to give a shout out to our sponsors, Jamber and Sound Exchange. Jamber wants to know if you're looking for an easier way to capture song splits at the point of creation and organizing your catalog. Jamber is our podcast sponsor and they are offering listeners a first look at their songwriter and publisher apps that allows songwriters to collaborate when inspiration strikes. Go to jamber.com forward slash AIMP to sign up today. SoundExchange develops business solutions for the entire music industry. They collect and distribute royalties on behalf of more than 155,000 recording artists, master right owners, and music publishers. SoundExchange have paid out more than $5 billion in royalties. SX Works serves the licensing and administration needs of music publishers around the world and operates CMRRA, which represents music publishers and administers mechanical rights for the majority of songs recorded, sold, and broadcast in Canada. We appreciate you listening to the Nashville Pubcast. Stay tuned for an all-new episode next week.